I want to thank you again for the welcome here at your church. Uh, I want to say thank you, Pastor, and Pastor Paul, and your wife, Sarah. Man, we, I told them that we are planning to come to England uh, when Pastor Paul visited us, and Pastor Paul said, I'm going to add a room on my house for you guys to have a room and a place to stay. And I've had the opportunity of staying in that room two times. My kids stayed there. This week, I stayed there with my brother. And that's our special room here in your city. So thank you very much for your hospitality. May God bless you. And then I normally tell people back home that you have a father. And this father has many houses all over the world. He has a house in China, he has a house in Uganda, in Kenya, in Rwanda, he has a house in England, he has houses all over Europe, and today I just find myself in my father's house, in this city, in one of the many houses he has all over the world, and it's a beautiful thing to be in the house of the Lord and meet brothers and sisters in Christ, a place where we connect him supernaturally through the divine blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, being here feels like being at New Life in Kigali. It's like, wow, I'm here and I am home. May God bless you because you've created such a beautiful environment for us to worship him. Let's pray. God, this morning I come before you. I need you. This church needs you. The world needs you. Lord, we want to see a new fire of revival ignited in our hearts and around us, in our families, in our children. Lord, we want to see our passion, passion in our hearts for you reignited once again. So, Father, we ask you in Jesus' name that this morning you send your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us and encourage us and lead us through this moment. Reignite our hearts once again for you to love you, to serve you, to follow you, and to live a holy life for the sake of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Holy Spirit, come and feel us. Feel your children even as I preach thy word. Fill me. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, this morning, I want to share with you something that's on my heart. Uh, something I'm kind of living for. Something I'm praying for. I'm seeking God for. And, you know, that's revival. I'm seeking revival. I'm praying for revival. I'm preaching about revival. I'm calling my church back home to be on fire for Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a new theme in my life, as I'll talk about it later on. And it's a pursuit. I am tired of coldness or lukewarmness. You know, I want to make a choice. I want to be on fire for Jesus. Because... Lukewarmness breeds bacteria, okay? 
In fact, when you have a lukewarm environment, it's a good environment for bacteria to grow. Okay, and that's the problem today we have in many churches. When churches chose to either be called lukewarm, especially when they choose to be lukewarm, in between and not fully decided which side, whether you become a museum completely cold or on fire for Jesus and choose to be in the middle, you find out that more people seen in those churches and those sins become visible because it's a breeding ground for bacteria. So we want to be on fire for Christ. We want to be boiling for Jesus. So today I want to talk about boiling for Christ. Boiling for Christ. Boiling for Christ. In the Bible... The Bible gives us symbols, uh, and uh, I remember when I was little, I was, a good, I was a fierce debater in school, and we would enter into these debating rooms and speak some kind of English we don't even understand. That would say, today I'm very sanguine rather than can calmness to present this topic, fire is better than water. Uh, I know we didn't understand some of the words. They were too big for us to understand as kids, but we had to impress people. But today, I'm not here to debate whether fire is better than water. Because both the fire and the water are signs of the Holy Spirit. Fires and rivers are signs of the Holy Spirit, symbols of the Holy Spirit. So I want to read from the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, symbols of God's presence. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 to 13, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. You know better English than I do. There is a word there, must, must. It's not a, a choice. You don't choose. Must. It's a commitment. Okay? Must not go out. The fire must not go out in the house of God. Every morning, the priest is to add fire and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of fellowship offering on it. The priest. And thank God we are now all priests. You don't have to wear some kind of gown, okay, uh, to be a priest. We are now priests, all of us in the kingdom of God. The veil was broken when Christ died on the cross. So he calls all of us priests and says, priests, I want you to add fire continually. I want you to add fire through prayer. I want you to add fire through worship. I want you to add fire through adoration. I want to see fire added every day. And he says in verse 13, the fire must keep burning on the altar continually and it must not go out. Must not go out. The fires of revival must not go out. We have to keep the banner of revival boiling for Jesus till he comes. 
until he comes. There must be a fire in the house of God. There must be a fire in the church. By the way, today you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the fire must be burning in you. That's why on the day of Pentecost, the fire did not come on the building. The Bible says tongues of fire appeared on what? They appeared on people. The new temple. The new temple. The fire appeared on the new temple. You are the new temple. And the fire of God appears on you. And that fire should not be put out. You know, Leviticus several times mentions this fire on the altar burning. In fact, before the giving of the law, we see the fire. We see the fire. God appeared to Moses in the flames of fire within the bush. God chose the appearance of continuous fire when he called Moses to lead the children of Israel into the new land. And a pillar of fire appeared before them. And that pillar of fire guided them. It burned every night all the way for 40 years across the wilderness. Then came the law. Outside the tabernacle, the fire for the burnt offering was commanded to be kept burning and never extinguished. The Vedicus 6.13 instructs him, the fire must be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. This is mentioned several times in this chapter. One reason why the ongoing fire is important. The reason why the, on, the ongoing fire is important is that that fire comes from God. And whatever comes from God must be kept on going. And I love this fire. I'm going to tell you why I love the fire. In our church about um, three years ago, and... We, we, we were becoming cold. This is a, and it's very unusual for an African church to be cold. But you know, we were becoming cold. And I realized the temperature of the church was really getting low. Getting low. And that really concerned me. So we started praying. But more than all people, my wife started praying. My wife started praying. And I would hear my wife early in the morning, sometimes in the middle of the night, in our closet, praying. And she would cross the room between our bedroom and the closet. And in between there, she would groan and cry unto God that there will be a fire. My wife, she's a catalyst for fire, I mean, for, for revival. And she's very prophetic. So she's going to call out things here as they are and say, you guys are cold. You need to wake up new life. You know, I love the fire because when the fire comes in, something special comes in. Look at verse 9, chapter 9. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 24. It says, fire came out from the presence of the Lord. 
And the Bible says, and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions. And the Bible says on the altar, and when all the people saw it, what did they do? They shouted for joy and fell down. Fire brings joy. Fire brings joy in the house of God. Why do we, why don't we have younger people in the church? The problem is that there's no joy. You know, who doesn't want to be in the house of joy? I've been to some churches, it's like they're mourning. It's like they're burying the dead. Burying the dead. And the Bible says the fire comes and joy comes. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. The Lord wants to restore joy among his people. The Lord wants to restore joy in his house. The Lord wants to restore joy in England so that he may make you a people full of joy. But that joy comes as we give sacrifices on the altar and keep the fire burning through word, through prayer, through intercession, through worship, through adoration, giving ourselves as living sacrifices on that altar. And then God comes from heaven and touches the sacrifice, sends the fire, and as a result, we start to see revival. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, Verse 1 to 4, I really want to establish a theology of the fire here. It says when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The fire. Where did the, where did the fire come from? It came from heaven. It came from God. I love revival. I pray for revival. But let me tell you, revival comes from God. Comes from heaven. And when God sends revival to you, he has actually favored you. <laughs> it's God's sovereign choice. We cannot start the fire. He starts the fire. And today, I have good news for you. God wants to start the fire in your life. He wants to start the fire. God uses different circumstances to start a fire. Sometimes God will bring some people to pray for you, lay their hands on you, and it begins a fire in your life. Sometimes nobody is there and God begins a fire. The day God began the first fire in my life, no one was there. I was praying to go to sleep. And there were no, uh, and as I was praying to go to sleep, I remember very well, it was a Thursday, praying to go to sleep. I was praying alone in the house, and the fire of God came upon me alone in the house, and I started speaking in tongues. I think I was 18 years of age. The next Friday, I went to night prayer, and the fire was still flowing. 
Okay? Sometimes God will just catch you alone and get you down. Sometimes God is going to get some people to start you. Different environments. But it's all by God. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, the sound came from heaven, the fire came from heaven, and rested upon God's children. It's very important for all of us as a church to catch the fire, for this land to catch the fire. Now, if you haven't caught the fire, you want to catch the fire. But if you've caught the fire, you want to maintain the fire. Okay? You want to maintain the fire. At our church, we've had this fire going on for the last three years. And every time we come out of a refresh conference, people are so excited about this fresh move of God. And they will ask me, Pastor, what can we do to have refresh every Sunday? What can we do to keep this going on? And I've come to realize it's important to get the fire. And if you don't have the fire, catch the fire. God wants to kindle and rekindle your life. But then when you have the fire, you want to keep the fire. You want to keep the presence of the Holy Spirit and don't lose him. God gives the fire. God is the source of the fire. God is the source of revival. Man cannot start a fire of the Holy Spirit. It comes from heaven. It's a miracle. But it is the role of man to fan the fire. And today, I want to really tell you about this whole idea of fanning the fire, okay? Once the fire is started, it's your responsibility to fan the fire. I would say that is the responsibility of man in revival. It's fanning the fire. Revival is started by God, but it's your responsibility here at Breath Church to fan the fire, to keep the fire going, non-stop going, fan the fire in prayer, in worship, and in different ways as we talk talk about the whole idea of fanning the fire. It's man, there's, there's a responsibility here. I'll read it for you in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 and 7. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, for this reason I remind you to do what? To go to sleep? No. To eat more food? No. What does he say? To fan into flame the gift of God. What is the gift of God? It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and he says, I want you to fan into flame the gift of God. God, at one point, he gave you a gift of the Holy Spirit. You have had an encounter with God. But sometimes after having that encounter, you go back in your ways and snore again. God says, stop snoring. Let those who are slumbering awake and be alive. So he says, I remind you to do what? To fall into flame. Let there be fire. Fun into flames. Let there be flames of fire everywhere. 
And he says, this fire is in you. It's in you. By what? Through the laying of hands. Through the laying of hands, you received it, the fire. There was a day. There was a situation. There was a time in your life. At age 18, God filled with the Holy Spirit. I was on fire for Jesus. Traveled miles and miles spreading the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ as a younger man. By the time I was 25, 26, I was in London preaching to immigrants and starting fires and preaching around England on fire for Jesus. And then later on in my life, I don't know what happened. This fire kind of went to sleep. Okay? Then I discovered no way. Fun into flame the gift of God. He is in you. There is an anointing in you. What that anointing needs is to be lit. To be lit so that that gift may be used. And the Bible says for the spirit of God. The spirit, for the spirit God gave us does not make us what? Timid. <laughs> make us afraid. You know, some people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. They're afraid. They're afraid of the Holy Spirit. And they're really afraid. Uh, I remember I used to preach in an Anglican church in somewhere in Cambridge. And the vicar loved the Holy Spirit. But his wife was so afraid of the Holy Spirit. And every time you talk about the Holy Spirit, man, you should sneak out. So afraid of the Holy Spirit. And I even see this at New Life. We have some people at New Life who are afraid of the experience. And when God begins to move, they really get afraid. They say, wow, this is not what I expected. I asked God to come in, but this is not the way I wanted him to come in. This is completely different from the kind of order I'm looking for. Okay? God, when God begins to come in, okay, some people get afraid. But Paul says, come on, find the gift. You did not get a spirit of fear, but you got a spirit of what? Power? Spirit of love? Spirit of what? Self-discipline. So how do you keep the fire? Number one, if you want to keep the fire, hate coldness. You have to hate coldness. You, I, mean, I don't like coldness. You know, I'm here. Uh, I can bear it, but I'm going home on Thursday. Okay? I love the warm climate. Okay? I'm just here because God called me to be here. Otherwise, I should have been Rwanda by now. Nature says you should have been Rwanda. Okay? You have to hate coldness. You have to hate your current circumstances. You have to be dissatisfied by what you see in your life and in your church. And say, I am not satisfied by what I am and how I'm living. In Revelation 3.15, the Bible says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. God says, make a decision. Follow me. Love me. 
serve me, pursue me, be on fire for God. Time is short. There is no more time to be in the middle ground. We want to be on the front line for Jesus. Okay, he says, come on. Make a choice. Have the code. If you had the code, you're going to get revived, I tell you. If you are dissatisfied by your circumstances, you're going to get what God wants you to get. It takes a sense of dissatisfaction. I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied. I want something bigger, better, more powerful. I want to see the presence of God. I want to see more people in my city come to Jesus. I want to see the next generation behind us inherit a Christianity that's on fire. In fact, for me, that's actually my passion. I am 50 years of age. My real concern is the next generation behind me. What kind of Christianity are they going to inherit from new life? Are they going to inherit Jesus or are they going to inherit religion? I don't want to live a dead church. I want to die, go to heaven and live a church alive. When Jesus died and went to heaven, he left the church on fire, on fire. And that's my burden. I want to leave a generation of younger people on fire for Jesus who are not satisfied by their current circumstances, but they want to see God doing great things. Because when we expect great things, God will actually do them. Our God never fails us. He's a God who fulfills our expectations. Number two, avoid cold logs. If you want to maintain the fire, you have the fire, avoid the cold logs. In other words, association. Now, I have many friends who are not believers. Many. But they are my friends for a purpose. I want to draw them to Jesus. I don't want them to draw me into the world. And I have to keep a straight line over there. And then I have some friends who actually give me energy. They give me energy. When I meet them, we pray. When I meet them, we talk about revival. When I meet them, we talk about the nations and what God is doing. When I meet them, we talk about hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. When I, when I, I meet them, they talk about the work of God. I want to spend more time with those kind of people. I want to spend my life with hard, dry logs that catch the fire. Because I want to catch the fire. Fire is caught by association. So when you associate with cold logs, you, you lose the fire. You become cold like the cold logs. Cold, wet logs don't help with fire burning. Surround yourself, surrounding yourself with people without fire who take away the fire is dangerous for you. That's why for younger people who are seated here this morning, I have a gift for you. 
And this gift is from 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, free evil desires of the youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with who? With everybody? No, with who? Along with those who call on the name, uh, the name of the Lord out of a pure what? Heart. He says you can't. He says you can't free away from evil desires of the youth. He says you can pursue righteousness. As a younger person, you can pursue righteousness. I've been pursuing righteousness since I was 17 when I gave my life to Christ. When I gave my life to Christ, I was the only born again person on the entire village. I say the entire village. We didn't have a church on our village. The, the only thing we had there was a mosque. We didn't even have a Catholic church. We didn't even have an Anglican parish. We had a mosque, but we had no church. And in that environment, at 17, I gave my life to Jesus. And we had a church across the village, in another village. You know, you cross those large African valleys. If you've been to Africa, across to another hill where I found a pastor who led me to Jesus Christ. But also in that environment, the only Christian in my family, on my village, hallelujah, I chose to pursue righteousness. Over 30 years up to this day, pursuing righteousness, free evil desires, pursue righteousness, pursue faith, faith, doing exploits for God, believing God for the impossible, love, peace. But I want to tell you what has really encouraged me and kept me going and kept the fire going. It is those brothers and sisters, my friends, who call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Association will keep the fire going. Number three, invest time in the fire. Invest time in the fire. You get a return from what you invest in. Whatever you love, you pay for. Okay? Invest time in prayer. Invest time in study. I mean, every time someone talks about a book on revival, a book on prayer, a book on, I say, I want to, I want I want that book. I want to read it. I want to invest time in learning about revival, in learning about prayer, in learning about the fire. I want to invest in my, I want to apply myself to that. I want to go to that kind of conference. I want to attend that kind of fellowship. I want to associate, travel, pay my ticket, go associate with those who are on fire. I am on a journey to seek revival and therefore I want to pay my time 
in every area, in prayer. And uh, I mean, see, I'm going to spend 21 days in prayer and fasting. That is not easy, but in those 21 days, there are so many things that I have to shut down. So many unnecessary meetings I have to shut down. So many people who want us to talk and connect, I'm going to say no. 21 days, I mean, I'm seeking God. Number four. Make the fire your theme. Your theme. Let fire be your theme. A theme of your life. You know, yesterday, I went to the, uh, the football game in your stadium. By the way, I officially decided to choose stroke team as my team. So, um, I'm baptized. I'm now a member. Whether we win or lose, I'm in. Okay? I hope someone doesn't get angry, especially my friend David. But I am in. Okay? I am in. Uh, okay. I don't know what you support, but I'm in. Okay. <laughs> now, but you know, but when you go to that game, the, 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 when you go to, to the entire team and the people who support him, you realize the entire stadium, their theme is struck. It's the team, the team they support. Whatever becomes your theme becomes your lifestyle. You love it. My son, Joseph, uh, I normally take him to an early pray, a night prayer meeting with me. Uh, Joseph is six, he'll be turning seven this December. And then last the other Friday, I told Joseph, let us go to church and the night prayer. And Joseph said, Dad, I am not going to church with you today. I said, Joseph, why? He said, Dad, tomorrow I have a football game in the morning, so I can't go with you. For Joseph, who is just eight, six, starting seven, football has become the theme of his life. His shoes are about football. He has gadgets over here. He has his his. His shorts are about soccer. His t-shirt is about football. This guy, he has made football, soccer, his theme. He has passion for soccer. He has his theme of his life. If you want revival, make revival your theme. Make your t-shirt revive us again. Make your pants revive it again. Revive us it revive us again. On the back of your car, tell them fires are following me. Flames of fire are over my car. Just make it a theme of your life everywhere you go. Write fire in your ring, fire in your hands, fire in your glasses. Let revival be your theme. What you emphasize, you get. You get. In other words, be passionate. Be passionate. Be on fire. Have passion for God. Have passion for the Holy Spirit. Don't be dull. Have fire. Romans 12, 11 says, don't be so full in zeal. Okay? Don't be lazy. Be fervent. In the spirit, be burning. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. I love the message. The message says, don't burn out. 
Keep yourselves fueled. Afraim. If you were afraid, be a lot servants of the master. Cheerful, cheerfully expectant. Cheerfully expectant. Okay? Don't quit in her times. Pray. All, her, all the harder. All the harder. Pray. And then he says, help the needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Do lots of work for Christ passionately. Don't lose the fire. Be on fire. Be on fire for Jesus. Be passionate. Have passion. Have passion. Be consumed by what consumes the heart of God. Be consumed. In fact, when you, the word fervent comes from a Latin word, fervens, which actually means be boiling. Be boiling, be boiling, be boiling for Jesus. Everywhere you go, be boiling. In the train, be boiling for Jesus. On the plane, be boiling for Jesus. In the city, be boiling for Jesus. At school, be boiling for Jesus. The Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Be boiling. Don't be ashamed, be boiling, live a different life, stand out for Jesus, okay? Stand out for Jesus, make a difference where you are, don't be in the status quo, okay? Stand out for Jesus, don't be ashamed for Jesus, speak out for Jesus, they may laugh at you, but they actually want to be like you, it's just that they haven't been able to find out a way to be like you. They want a little bit of you. They're a little bit challenged by a lot of you, but they want a little bit of you. They want the fire too. It means boiling red hot, boiling hot, burning, inflamed, you know, fervent, zealous. Another word there is in the Greek, boiling in the spirit, zentos, boiling in the spirit, be boiling, okay? Sound of boiling water, bubbling over because you are too hot, showing great zeal, passionate, boiling with the interest or desire to be deeply committed to something. This time is not something, but it's Jesus, the Son of God. With the implication of accompanying desire to set one's heart on fire, to be completely intent upon something, upon Jesus. Jesus, loving Jesus. Sometimes I call it living a life of love. Living a lifestyle of love. Let us live a life of love. It all gets back to living the life of love. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Then revival touches the ground. That's how, revi that's how revival touches the ground. That's how the fires 
touch the ground. How? Love for God, passion for God, and passion for what? For neighbor. That is, that is the fire I am talking about. Love for God, love for your neighbor. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Okay, in other words, with all your emotions. Man, I was in the game yesterday. That guy from Switzerland. Eh? Yeah, man, I loved him. Man, he has some power in him. And then he put in a goal and then he came over and instead of people cheering him, he said, come on, cheer me. <laughs> Support me. Be on, 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 my, on my side, man. All his emotions. We are willing to power our emotions in the stadium, but not willing to power our emotions in the house of God. Come on, there's something wrong. So, you know, I'm English and I don't get excited. But English people get excited in the stadium and not in the house of God. Come on, that is a lie from the devil. English people get excited about Jesus. That is the truth. Come on. English people have emotions. And if you want to see their emotions, take them to soccer field. They come out. Okay? Come on. They should come out here for Jesus. Fire for Jesus. And he says, love him with your heart. Love him with your soul. Love him with your mind. Love him with your intelligence. Okay? When I read books and read the Bible, I am loving Jesus with my mind. When I read scholarly pieces of Augustine and St. Thomas and Luther and Calvin, some of these great writers and saints, come on, who lived ahead of us, or Charles Wesley or John Wesley or John Knox, man, these guys, come on, I read their pieces and through what they've written, I am loving Jesus with my mind. Love him with your emotions. Love him with your head. Love him with your brain. Okay? Love Jesus. Live a life of love. But also love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let's stand up and pray. Love God with passion. Love your neighbor. Love yourself too with the same love. Love life. Love life. This is how we love life. This is how we love life. Let me tell you, Christians have life. We are not dull people. We have life. We have a sense of fashion. <laughs> we love life. We are not backward. We are upbeat. We vibe. We love life. We love Jesus. And Jesus is the real life. Come on. You need it out there. And if you don't have this man Jesus in your life, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm living a dull life. But I have good news for you. Today, you can give your life to Jesus and your life will never be the same. He's sweet. He's powerful. He brings joy. You don't need another piece of liquor, bottle of liquor to have some joy. I have some good news for you. You can freely get joy by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Let's pray. If you want to give your life to Christ, 
I want to pray for you. If you're out there, do you want to give your life to Jesus? I don't know how you guys do it here. If you want to raise up your hand, I'll pray for you. If you want to meet me or meet the pastor at the end of the service, we just want to do something for you. We just want to get you in. Father, this day I want to thank you for the gifts you give us, for the gift of your son, Jesus, whom we are celebrating right now. But also the same son who said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the Holy Spirit. Our Lord, you chose to send him in a form of a fire to give us life, to ignite warmth in our lives. Jesus, send the fire. Jesus, send the fire. If you're out there and you're hungry for the fire, I want to encourage you to stretch your hands to God. To God. He is here. He is here. I want more of you. More fire. More fire. If you are out there and you want more of that fire, I know our time is gone, but why don't you snitch out quickly and come in the front here and let us pray that that fire will come in your life. If you're out there and you want more of this fire, come on, you can come forward here and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you that God will give you the gift of that fire in your life. If you're out there and you want more of this fire, he's here. The presence of God is right here in this place. God is in this place. You can come forward. He karababa sindirio. Zindiri abarababoshi karababa sindi. Wiri abarababa sekerebe shandaraba. Zenderebe abarababa shindirio. Wiri abarababo koya senderebe. Fire. He kiri abaraba senderebe shikaraba. You can stretch your hands up to Jesus and just receive. Just receive, receive. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, start out. Something new to this surrendered life. Father, they've come before you because they need you. Receive. Just go ahead and receive. It's like you're on a fire horse. It's releasing fire in your life, reigniting you again for God. Just go before God and take in. Take in, take in, take in. He karaba. Just go on. Take in, take in. Be zealous, be fervent. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Let him come upon your 
life, be filled, receive the power.